everyone and welcome to this edition of the Annals of Rheumatic Diseases podcast. I'm Meghna Jani, social media editor for ARD, rheumatologist and academic clinical lecturer at the ARUK Centre of Epidemiology, University of Manchester. I'm delighted to introduce our special guest for this podcast, Dr. James Gwinnett, a postdoctoral researcher, and Dr. Suzanne Verstappen, reader also at the ARUK Centre of Epidemiology, University of Manchester. Dr. Gwinnett and Dr. Verstappen are the first and last authors of the article in ARD entitled, Have the 10-Year Outcomes of Patients with Early Inflammatory Arthritis Improved in the New Millennium Compared with the Decade Before? Results from the Norfolk Arthritis Register. James and Susan, thank you for accepting our invitation. Well, thank you for having us. So can I start by asking you, why is the study important? Um, so there have been uh, significant changes over the past 20 years in the uh, disease management of inflammatory arthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. So, uh, methotrexate has become the first line treatment and early treatment is now seen as essential. These changes have been shown to improve outcomes in the short term, but as we know, rheumatoid arthritis is a chronic disease and therefore long-term outcomes are also important for these patients. And so therefore we wanted to study uh, the long-term outcomes of two groups of patients. Uh, one group recruited before many of these changes had come into place and uh, one group recruited afterwards. Fantastic. So can you tell us a little bit more about the Norfolk Arthritis Register as the cohort for this particular study? Yes, so this was started in about 1990 and the study was mainly aiming at looking what is the natural progression of people with inflammatory polyarthritis. So the study is um, in Norwich, which is in the eastern part of the UK and patients uh, living in that area are recruited by the GP or by the rheumatologist into this register. So the first cohort from 1990 till 94, those people have been in the cohort for more than 20 years. So that gives a vast amount of data on the progression of the disease. We're still recruiting patients into this cohort and follow these patients up until 10, 15 and 20 years. Um, so including um, disease activity measures, data on medications, but also patient reported outcomes such as functional uh, ability, uh, fatigue, for example, and any comorbidities. The other advantage of the Norfolk Arthritis Register is that we now can link with data such as mortality data and morbidity data using hospital episode statistics. So we can link any disease activity or medication use with long-term mortality and morbidity, which makes it quite a unique cohort as well. Um, so James, can you tell us a little bit about how the study was designed to answer your specific questions? Um, each group of patients, so one group of patients were recruited between 1990 and 94, and they were seen at regular intervals over the next 10 years of their, of their disease. So year, year zero, year one, year two, year three, year five, year seven, and year 10. And then a, se a separate group were recruited from 2000 to 2004. And these patients also followed the same assessment uh, schedule. And then we took all the data from these uh, assessment schedules and we compared them using uh, statistical regression models. So from a methods perspective, for our non-academic audience, could you simply explain the advantages of using a generalized estimating equation when assessing longitudinal outcomes and the rationale for using a negative binomial regression? Yeah, so, so population average negative binomial regression and generalizing estimating equation analysis. 
uh, are the two analysis methods we used. And these are both methods that can analyze longitudinal data, which is uh, one of the key aspects of the Norfolk Arthritis Register. And the advantage of using longitudinal data is that you get a, a more precise uh, estimate of the difference between the two groups that you're comparing. So instead of just comparing the two groups at the 10-year visit, we can compare uh, the groups over the whole course of 10 years. And therefore, we get a better idea of the exact difference between the two groups. Uh, we have to use these longitudinal uh, methods rather than traditional uh, regression analysis because uh, a key assumption of traditional uh, regression models is that each data point is independent of all the other data points in your, in your data set. Uh, whereas clearly, when you've got longitudinal data, the assessments within one patient will be correlated. So patient's disability at year one, at year two, at year three will be correlated. And therefore, they're not independent. And so we need to control for the correlation between the data points. Uh, and that's what these methods allow us to do. Um, and what would you say would be the main key findings of your work? Uh, so I think uh, we showed that patients in the later cohort, so the cohort recruited between 2000 and 2004, had reduced swollen joint counts over the course of 10 years compared to the earlier cohort, so reduced disease activity. However, uh, the disability and mortality of the two cohorts were relatively similar over the course of Okay. So were you able to infer if the improvements in swollen joint count between the cohorts may be due to changes in treatment strategy versus if the natural history of rheumatoid arthritis is just becoming less severe over time? Yeah, so previous studies from NOAA and from other UK cohorts have demonstrated that RA is becoming less severe uh, in terms of disease activity at presentation over time. And so we try to control for this, this secular change in disease activity by adjusting for baseline differences between the cohorts in our analyses. And so after we did that adjustment, we still see the difference in disease activity, but similar um, disability and mortality. Uh, we also tried adding in time-varying time treatment into the model uh, to see whether, once we added that into the model, whether that would attenuate any of the uh, effects that we'd seen. Um, and whilst we did see some reduction in the effect size, particularly in the rheumatoid arthritis uh, sub-cohort, um, the difference between the disease activity of the two cohorts remained and the disability of the two groups was also the same. So on top of uh, differences in treatment strategies, there must be other things that are changing between these two groups of patients. For example, health behaviours or expectation of treatment, which we don't have data for. So could it just be that it's a combination of both of these effects? So it's less severity um, over the years, as well as the fact that we're treating our rheumatoid arthritis patients much more aggressively than we were before? Yeah, definitely. I think it's, uh, it's both of those things. We already kind of knew about the secular change, and that's why we tried to control for it in our analysis. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely going to be both of those things. Okay. And are there any other parts of the study that you would like to highlight? So, yeah, I think what's also really good about this study is that we are, the question patients always ask in clinic is about, okay, we know there's no cure yet, but what will be the long-term outcome? And I think that's also a key message of this study is that we have all the information, not just on disease activity, but also other factors where we do follow patients over time. Um, so we can give a bit more information to the patients who come to the clinic as well. Um, and I think that's the importance of large observational studies, um, including patients, following patients over a very long period of time that are very useful um, to address these questions. Um, so I think it, it's more another key message might be the importance of having some of these um, registers. James, is there anything you'd like to add? 
No, I think Susan's covered everything. The importance of uh, collecting data over long periods of time to answer these questions that patients have, like what is my disease going to be like in 10 years? We don't collect the data, we don't know. So I think that's why uh, the North Arthritis Register is such a great resource. Absolutely. So Susan, what is the key message that you'd like to convey to patients with rheumatoid arthritis and clinicians treating them? So I think we do show in this study that due to the changes in treatment, that there is an improvement for patients. And, and I think that's, that's a really good message that clinicians can give to the patients uh, they see in the, in the clinic as well. Um, of course, we do see more and more improvements. There are more uh, drugs becoming available. Uh, people are given drugs earlier on. So hopefully we see a continuation of these uh, improvements. And I think also um, we knew that already that early improvements were seen at a very short follow-up period, but also that we now see this improvement continuing over a very long period of time. And I think that's a very positive message to give to the patients in clinic. Um, the only thing we didn't really see is changes in functional ability. And there might be several other factors why this may be the case. Um, but that's something we need to look into and, and further research. Great. Okay, so James and Susan, thank you very much for your time and insights about your paper. Thank you very much to our audience for listening. Please visit our website at ard.bmj.com where you can read more details about this particular paper. You can also get in touch with us directly via Twitter at ard underscore bmj. Thank you.